Welcome back to The Red Letter Disciple. My name is Zach Zender, and I'm going to be joined in a few minutes by my co-host, Pastor Chris Johnson. We desire through this podcast to challenge you to be a greater follower of Jesus no matter where you are, because we believe that when together we, we all step into a greater follower of Jesus, that we will unleash a greater, fuller, and truer expression of who Jesus is in this world, and that's what's going to change the world. And so in this podcast, you're going to be challenged, you're going to be inspired, and you're going to have a lot of laughs along the way with us, especially today, because it's episode four. We got the one and only Dave Ferguson joining us, one of the most influential pastors and church leaders in our world. And he wears many hats, but one of them is president of Exponential Conference. And if you know anything about Chris Johnson, you know his dream is one day to be on stage at Exponential. And so you know this is going to be a fun one. Chris has got some crazy ideas for workshops he'd like to present on at Exponential, and so he shares those with Dave. But around all the fun we'll have, we'll also find out why Dave Ferguson has a goal to see 16% of churches multiply. Like, why that number and why that specific? And what's different about discipleship in churches that are multiplying? It's a rich, fun conversation, and I'm glad that you're joining us. Hey, this is the last chance to enter to win a free pair of Beat Studio 3 red wireless headphones phones on June 9th. We're drawing for these bad boys. And so all you got to do is rate and review our podcast on Apple or Spotify or your favorite platform and go to redletterpodcast.com to enter that giveaway. We're going to drive draw live for this on our Facebook channel, channel Thursday, June 9th. So help us spread the word. If this podcast is bringing you joy, if it's challenging you in your faith, or if you know it would be helpful for someone else, take part. And who knows, like this week, you could be walking around with a sweet set of red beats on your ears very soon. Church leaders, I got a question for you. What's the one thing holding you back? Like the one thing keeping your church from doing more in the community? I firmly believe that like right now is a crucial time for our church at large, right? Coming out of a couple of years of major disruption churches and specifically the message of Jesus, it's never more been needed. And I really believe it's the churches that play offense, not defense. that are going to see incredible kingdom gains. So what are you dreaming about? Whether it's a new church plant or furthering an existing ministry, finances can limit our ability to change our world, but they don't have to. Have you ever felt like you have a big vision but a small budget? It's like the shoe telling the foot how big it can grow. But what if you could raise funds in a God-honoring, biblical way to fund your vision? Our friends at The Giving Church, they're our season one sponsor. They they have over a decade of experience helping nearly a thousand churches solve that question, and they've helped raise billions of dollars of ministry. So you can visit their website at thegivingchurch.com slash red and download a free PDF on how to grow your church giving today. I'm reminded of Hebrews 10 39 that says, we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. And so church leaders, pastors, it's time to have faith. It's time to step into the next season for kingdom dreams to become a reality. And our friends at The Giving Church, they can help. So go to thegivingchurch.com slash red. But today, episode four, cue the music, let's do this. Oh man, I'm pumped for today's episode of the Red Letter Disciple podcast. We've got an incredible guest, Mm. Dave Ferguson, folks. Dave Ferguson is an award-winning author, founding and lead pastor of Chicago's Community Christian Church, a missional multi-site community considered one of the most influential churches in America, Mm -hmm. and it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dave is also the visionary for the international church planting movement, New Thing, and I don't know, just happens to be president of the Exponential Conference. Maybe you've heard of the Exponential Conference. (laughs) 
just a few things. Just like, all over the world. Dave, like, that's a lot of stuff. How do you do yeah, it all? Come on, I, that's that's just my wait, first question, no. legitimately. And second question, <laughs> do you have any time for any hobbies at all? I'm just no. curious. No. no. Actually, the guy in my small group, Chris, actually the guy in my small group last night, he was like going, so like you do this, this, and this. What do you do for fun? Right. Because he's like one to hang out. And that's a problem. So maybe by the end of this podcast, we could figure that out. Because I told him, I said, well, I run. Huh. And then I said, I that's used to golf, but the golf. I really like, I can't take like 18 holes is too long. Nine yeah. is okay. Because really, I mean, because either get lucky and you're doing well and you need yeah. to stop. Yeah. You start sucking, and then you don't hate yourself for it. Exactly. I used to fish a little bit, but that was mostly just to hang out with my dad. Yeah. So yeah, this the hobbies. I need some. I need so you some. have zero hobbies. This is what we've learned. <laughs> running, running is my. That's that's probably my hobby. That is okay. it. Because okay. I got I got a half marathon coming up, and I need to kick it into gear if I'm going to be Can okay. Ask you a serious question, Dave. Do you enjoy running? Yeah. You do. Seriously, I do. Yes. Okay, that's, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah, a lot of people do. Because you don't. I do not like it. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know. I'm, but people no, say that they get to like the fifth mile and they feel like, oh, yeah, let's go. Like, like today has been a day of like full of meetings and kind of stuff. Yeah. And like I got one more after this. Oh. And when and if I could get out and go for a run, like I will, when I get back, I will feel better. I, like I can feel your, your body just kind of go like this. Okay. Get out for a run. Ah, oh, it's awesome. Okay, good. Good. That's awesome. I'm, and on so, top of that, on top of that, okay. Yeah. As long as we're going on this path. Oh, yeah, let's go. Let's go. My so like in 2019, I ran the Chicago Marathon with my my daughter. And so wow. like we do a lot of long runs together, and that's like the best. That's yeah. so cool. So when really you, you run together, do you actually run together or do you run ahead or does she run ahead? Yeah. <laughs> no, we run together. Yeah, we nice. run together. I'll run, I'll run at her pace. And and then so I mean if you do a long run, you could be out there an hour or two hours even. That's a little long, an hour or so. And uh, I mean, but you're chatting it up and it's awesome. Okay. So you can talk when you're running this long distance. Well, if you're running that slow. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. All right. Yeah. That's the thing. See, in my life, I've got two boys and uh, I, I remember the days when I could outrun them. Yeah. Um, uh, distance and speed. And anymore. now both have passed me yeah. with speed and distance. And I hate it because I'm very competitive. Well, yeah. and. Yeah, I, that's been a long, long time ago. I mean, like one of my boys was a two-time All-American. So oh, it's <laughs> yeah. Oh D3, man. Still, but still, yeah. Distance. Wow. Like, that, wow. And that's why, that's, as a parent, I think as long as you can beat your children at sports, oh, go okay. for it. Yeah. Right. Got gotcha. you. Sports, Chris. Gotcha. On, gotcha. You know gotcha. So you're I saying I still might be able to take one of them in hoops. Nice, nice. The other one's like six three, so you know that's just yeah. a bit. When you got your blocking your shot. It's just that's brutal. As a parent, Dave, did you ever allow your children to win in a competitive sport? That was a question I had for Zach. Not or, really. No, no, no. no. I mean, I would let them score. Yeah. So they would let them score, but let, no, you can't let them win. Yeah, yeah, I agree I completely, agree. completely. We just no. solved it right there. Parents, if you All are right. listening, like, how do I disciple my children? This is well, you hang on to every bit of athleticism you have until you don't have it any longer. Because your kids, yeah. let me tell you, they're not letting you win once no. they beat you. No. So, no, it's only a matter of time until they're there kicking you your butt, so you might as well enjoy it while you can. I love it. Hey, dude, running a half. 20 points. Oh, there you go. You got 20 it. 20 points Boom. for parenting right there for Dave. <laughs> what, was the, what was the word? Uh, you don't let your kids win. The parenting advice of all the episodes so far, 20 points, Dave Ferguson. Uh, I love it. All right. Love it. All right. Yeah. Good. So I love it. Hey, good for you, man. Half marathon, marathon. That's awesome. Um, so all those job titles, though, all those roles, 
Like, what is that? Is it like one week I'm heavily invested over in this over here and the next week here? Or is it this day I do this and this day? I, like, how do you do it all? Like legitimately? Yeah. What does uh, your life look like? Okay. So you got Community Christian Church. I'm lead pastor. You got New Thing, which is church planning, which is yeah. like a juggernaut, which has been awesome. Then you got Exponential and some writing and speaking. Okay. So first of all, your fundamental assumption is wrong. Okay. <laughs> because your assumption you is- told that a lot at yes, home as well. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> your assumption is that i'm doing it well <laughs> okay oh yeah go on yeah please tell us. I, can, I, I mean i'm looking at outside stuff and it seems that way but go ahead yeah can you pause for just a second yes because yes. i have a special guest just for oh, chris. Gosh. this is now, chris i know you're like a so this is happening. you claim to be the biggest fan i am of exponential yes and that one of your favorite parts of exponential is kind of like that fifth session when the closing speaker yes. gets introduced by a parody song. Yes, yes, I love that. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome oh, to the stage, Mr. Eric Bramlett. Oh my gosh, this the is man. amazing. This, this is Zach, this is Chris. Hey, Zach. Oh my gosh. I am a huge fan. I've only stayed in ministry because of you. <laughs> well, You are doing what Chris loves. Yeah, I have to decide whether or not that gives me jewels in heaven or something else. Well, you're gonna get some big crowns because this is a tough. This is tough right here, man. I tell you what, I uh, no. Uh, all joking aside, I appreciate you. Thank you guys both for what you've created yeah. for the church. And uh, seriously, you always crack me up. And I just, I, I love, I love, I love what you've done and together. And Zach was saying he didn't. I, this guy goes to exponential and is like pushing the red letter challenge. I was like, did you see Eric this year? I couldn't make it. And he's like, I don't know. Cause he's, he's out hawking his wares and he's never goes into the big, big group. So, it's hard. It's Eric, hard to be Eric, in the room. Eric, Eric's got one of those in his life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just need to know the minute that's happening next year. So I can make sure to oh. pop in. Oh yeah. So everything else that. isn't important. I mean, everything else is great. I uh -huh. listen to a lot of the main sessions. Well, it's here's fun. the thing. I mean, I mean, oh. traditionally exponential, we get to that Thursday and, you know, people have made their air, airplane flight, you know, yeah, booking. Yeah. Like, oh, no, I have to leave early. And it's like, I'm so important. I right, have to leave early. Right, right. We wait. We wait for this this moment for the very end. And, and here's yeah. why. You know, we want to make people laugh. We want to we want to bring those defenses down. And yeah. honestly, this is actually strategic. Like, we, yeah. we really do want to bring those defenses down and get people laughing and get people relaxed. Because we're about to ask people to, like, plant churches. Yeah. And and invest in church planners. And it's like, we want whatever defenses you've got held up, we want them down. So I deliberately try to make fun of the, the last speaker as best as I can. And so I usually okay. do that through, through okay. the power of song. I, uh, who can, who can forget your Francis Chan song? Oh, here. Man, so it's good. over the years. Imagine this. Okay, so it started out with mocking yeah. Tim Keller. Yeah, right. He's yeah. Totally mocking. Okay, but it also included making fun of matt chandler yes that was brilliant well brilliant for having cancer no Can i don't remember that <laughs> what oh yeah, yeah i sang i sang a parody of stairway to heaven right after he was diagnosed with brain oh cancer. i don't remember that oh no maybe a miss okay that's a miss that's a miss so, I mean, so have, have either of you caught black from one of those speakers that's a great question um you know what they talk a game they talk a game of of flack like when they come up hmm. but i mean most most of the 
Masters really enjoy it. They want a copy of it to show their family. Oh, um, Francis Chan. Francis no, Chan wanted to show his wife. When I sang, I sang uh, the Bohemian Rhapsody parody to Max Lucado. Oh, um, that was the best. Which was, you know, I mean, <laughs> hold on, give us just a few bars. Well, Here we I mean, come on. It's this really just talking about it's, what what defines like why do you do a parody? It's like how can I say their name in a funny way? And with Bohemian Rhapsody, it was like Max Lucado, Max Lucado, Max Lucado, Max Lucado. It's like how do I not do it? You know, I mean, I have to do it. It's there. But. He he got so crazed by it. He, yeah, he, this is true. He he did the Wayne's World bow, like you know, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Yeah, yeah. When he came up, and then he got up and he gave the wrong talk. <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> the, the the slides were all wrong. The, no. His manager was like. His his manager was like, I'm sorry, he's giving the wrong he's giving the wrong time. And oh my gosh, he also went twice because you know exponential is usually short, like 20 minutes. Yeah, he went 40 because <laughs> he gave the wrong talk. Right, because he had to finish it. That's your fault. Oh, Eric. That's your fault. You messed man. with him. That's on man. you. Hey, what was your Francis Chan that you did? It was like a rock uh, ballad, wasn't it? Well, so there were three because I've I've actually introduced him three times. The first time was uh, back in black. That's uh, right. Yeah, Francis Chan, he's the man, controlling you with his giant hands. Um, so yeah, and that was that. He does have giant hands. That's not, yeah. that's not, that's not even, that's just an accurate description. Yeah. So um, you really look these guys over before you write a parody. I, I was in the circle, the prayer circle with Francis Chan, and I'm holding his hand. And I'm like, oh my word, like he, he has very large hands. And Baldy is, you know. I love I mean, that you're in a prayer wow. circle, and what you're noticing is the size of Francis Chan's hands. That's I'm not so holding funny. his hand. We're praying together, you know. Would you say that he has the largest hands of a Christian speaker? Great question. Today, I would say Christian speaker, uh, like as compared to his frame, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So there hand, you go. Hands to frame is out of this world. Exactly. I mean, yeah, per capita. Yeah. Uh, this is breaking news right now. This is breaking news. And that's what this podcast is all about. Breaking that I'm story. about discipleship. I, it, it is about discipleship. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm really happy to be here. I mean, Dave Thank texted you. me. He said, are you here in the building? I'm like, yeah. yeah. And he's like, these guys on the podcast want to see you. And oh, honestly, man. like, I'm just blessed to, to be able to have this moment. So thank you, Zach. Thank you. Thank hold you. Like, wait. No, hold wait. On, no, no, no comment about Chris's attire? I said I love the jacket. I mean, okay, I, I can't, you know, I mean, it's it's the whole package. It's not just the jacket. But Wait, I really before, before you leave, Eric, I, I was going to save this to the end of the podcast, but uh, I have to, since you're here, I have to do it now. Okay. Yeah. And, and listen, you're an inspiration. My dream is to one day be able to do something at Exponential Orlando. I know I've only got about 525 Instagram followers, so it probably won't happen. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here is the thing. My great greatest joy and exponential, not only learning about planning churches, but using my, I use my Twitter account once a year. It's at exponential. <laughs> and I try to engage the exponential people to retweet my stuff and they do. And it brings me such great joy. So I thought to myself, Eric, Dave, I have a once in a lifetime chance to talk to you too. I will never make it on the grand stage. I get it. Okay. <laughs> I'm high charisma, low intelligence. That's just the way I am. Uh, it's, that's how I roll. Far. It's gotten me pretty oh, far. Know, charisma's got me this far, 20 years in ministry. <laughs> but I'm at the end of my talent rope here, okay? So 
here's the thing. I was thinking maybe I could do a small breakout session at Exponential. Can And this is the game I want to play. I want to give you four of my ideas, and I want you to pick the best one that I can work on for Orlando next year. <laughs> okay, that's fair. All that's right, fair. here we go. Is yeah. that okay? Are we yeah. both getting to play, or how's this work? Yeah, both play. Both play. I'd love to hear. Both of your perspectives would be right. awesome. Okay, here we go. This is one that I was thinking about because I work a lot with our ushers. And you've tweeted all these before. I've tweeted them all. Exponential yep. likes some of them. But I never heard back from you, Dave, or, you know, whatever, guys. But anyway, I'm over really talk to the, talk to the yeah. real president. Yeah. <laughs> Who? Okay, Gary Saliba. <sighs> that guy. All right. Here's my first idea. And this is more of an expository, not so much back and forth. 60 minutes of rambling. A disgruntled usher story. Okay, that I don't know. Yeah, it's just like you know, an usher and he tells stories 60 minutes. All right, never mind. Here, let's try the next one. Let's try the next one. Um, how do how do you drive up offerings at kids' church? I don't all right, hold on. Let's try that. Let's try it. That's a vision for the future. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. need to get these kids the sowing their seeds now or whatever. I don't know what the kids. Anyway, yeah. this, you guys, yeah. <laughs> you guys are hip. I noticed the denim. I, I see it, and it looks good. Um, here's the thing. Hold it seriously. You're making fun of jackets. <laughs> Fair point. Yeah. You know what, yeah. dude? Mine turns gold. All right. <laughs> Does your turn gold? No, it doesn't. It stays blue. Here we go. All right, uh, a couple more. Uh, who's really, who's really actually hosting this? Is this, is this once Eric spot? came on, once Eric came on, Chris, I'm sorry, Chris is taking over. I'm sorry, we're gonna get to the real stuff, but Eric's here. Yeah, Eric, I'm not sure about this baking soda. Rebuilding the church pantry. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> I like, sure yeah, I'm not sure soda. about this baking soda. Yeah, I want to see like that's like uh, you get man on the street. Like you could actually <laughs> cover many different churches. You get like four or five. <laughs> You know, kind of showing like, what is this? Yes, you know? yes, yes, yes. And and you, and it's like, what's the oldest thing you have in your church pantry? Come on. I can go to it right now. Yeah. There's there's probably some pretty twisted things in our pantry. And Dave, I was thinking you could lead this next one. All right, uh, this is for right. you. Thank you. Where should I buy pants? A forty something's guide to fashion. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might need to change it to fifty something if it's Dave. Oh, you look much younger than that. Much yeah. younger. And, everywhere, everywhere. And here's my last, and then I'm gonna hand it over to Zach. Yeah. Uh <laughs> drop it for us. Let's this is a screenshot of a text that I sent in 2018. Here we go. This okay. is a real text that I sent to Exponential. And this is unresolved. This is unresolved. <laughs> if we can check this out real quick. Um, I, I, I want you to read through this. This is legit. I said, uh, day, Exponential says on February 27th, 2018, day two has been great so far. If you need help with anything, just ask someone in red. I thought that was very hospitable. Yeah, it's nice. That is very nice. So Preachers Not Preaching, our podcast says, would love an intricate Lego set. Not sure if you have one, but I was thinking, man, that would be awesome. Exponential responds, 2:27:18, 2:36 p.m. That would be awesome. Let's see what we can do. And then Exponential leads me on red for four years. Now I love you guys, but that kind of hurt. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, let me hang it. 
It's just proof that the pandemic has really taken a lot out of this all. This was before the pandemic. <laughs> I mean, was it, was it? Was it really there? Well, oh, unless you're a prophet. <laughs> I mean, stranger things have happened. All right. All right. Well, all right, you know what? I do feel bad. This yeah. is, this is it's, it's not right. We promised you a Lego set. Yeah. I don't, you know what? It, it wasn't even promised. I mean, it was it, just, you know. I said, dude, look at me. said, well, do you need we'll anything? We'll see what we can do. Is what and, we'll see what we can do. I would, is, seems, that seems to me like a reasonable request. Okay, I don't think we can come up with a Lego set, but here, Chris, here's what I want to do for you. Please tell me, please. Okay. <laughs> All right. So almost every year, and this yeah. is more the whim of Don Smith, but almost every year, mm-hmm. Eric not only does that last closing song. Oh, my gosh. Please tell me. He has, he's talked us into this. I don't know how he did it, but he's like, oh, in order for me to actually be funny in the last song, you have to give me another slot so people know who I am. Yeah. Oh, can I be his hype man? Can I be his hype man? I don't think so. <laughs> Wait for the offer, Chris. Wait for the offer. All right, we'll oh, shut up. Don't seem too desperate. <laughs> but I do think I do think you should at least make some cameo on on the video that Eric does because Eric usually does a video, and I think you should definitely make a cameo. And yeah. and since you and Eric yeah. are the funny guys, we'll let you figure out what that should be. Oh, yeah, I'm totally up for that. That totally Dreams have come true oh. in Nebraska. <laughs> what was the land of dreams? True. <laughs> dreams of just are making okay, dreams. I don't know, but seriously, you strike me as the kind of guy that Eric That's would awesome. totally love to hang out I with. Would, I would love that. This yeah, is my dream come true. I'm going back to Florida. Thanks, guys. Have a great That's rest of the That's all you wanted? That you're leaving me now? Yeah, I'm leaving. <laughs> He committed to the bit. Too. Yeah. Off the rails, but it's good, right? This is what it's all about. Helping disciples be the best they can be. Oh, and yeah, yeah, there you go. Love you. Love what a joy you guys are. Thank you so much for uh, for letting Keep me uh, barge in. And, and let, let, let's so how are we, we going to make that happen? Well, yeah. I know the Twitter account. I, I I remember seeing your stuff before yeah. and enjoyed it. So. You thought the, this we'll is a funny guy. Yeah, I'll follow up for sure. That's all awesome. right. See you, buddy. Thank you. Amazing. Adios. All right. Well, there you go. Normally, we have some of that at the end. But, hey, we went into it. Dave, is this the craziest podcast you've been on today? Oh. Hello. Hello. All right. So, dude, I do want to ask some questions, though, uh, on on discipleship. One of the things that I love about you, uh, I've heard you say it a few times, is in your lifetime, you want to see the goal of 16% churches be multiplying churches. Uh, that seems like an odd number. Like what, why that number, why that specific and how is that like your vision, your dream? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and actually I, hopefully it's not just mine. Hopefully that is exponential because yeah. if, and you guys have both been there and one of the things we routinely and intentionally say over and over again is this is not a conference. This is a community that has a cause because mm-hmm. honest to goodness, um, myself, Todd, Terry, the whole team, I mean, if we weren't advancing it towards that mission and there was some other vehicle that could make it happen, we'd close it down and redirect everything towards that. Um, There was a little bit of a story behind it. So, um, well, we'll go back a little bit. A little bit of the the origin story of Exponential. It was a little little church planning conference that had been around probably 30 years. And a couple hundred people would show up every year. And basically, after it was over, then a handful of people maybe – you know, just go to lunch and it's kind of like, who wants to be in charge next year? <laughs> wow. Really? That's, yeah. that's how it started. Chris, if you would have been there, you could have just, you could have taken it over. <laughs> <laughs> so my buddy Todd was actually there and he, and yeah. uh, Todd Wilson and Todd was like, I'll do it. 
I mean, because again, it's, it was called the National New Church Conference. A couple hundred people show up, and, and there wasn't a lot to it, but it was like everybody kind of liked hanging out, and you'd encourage each other. And so when Todd got back home to D.C., he calls me up and says, hey, I just volunteered to be in charge of this, and I'd help their church go multi-site. And I was, he's like, hey, why don't you be the upfront guy, and I'll do all the behind-the-scenes stuff. And I was like, awesome. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. And <laughs> it went, I mean, it's, so the next year, all of a sudden, we got 600 people. And the next year, 1,200, and then pretty Crazy. soon. And then, you know, five or six years into it, all of a sudden, we're like that <laughs> big church in Orlando, like the whole, right. there's 5,000 plus people there. Yeah. So that's where, I mean, and we were pushing church planning the whole time. But the truth was, Todd and I are having conversations going like, you know, the big, the critique that you make of a big church, you could also make of a big conference that basically mm. we got lots of butts in the seats. Mm. And we're, and even though we're not charging people very much, we're, we're cash flowing. So what are we really trying to do? Sure. And that's when we kind of had a hard heart. Okay. So what is it that we're trying to do and what is it we're going after and to bring clarity to everything we're trying to do. We began to talk about this 16% mission. And the reason it's 16%, if you're familiar with Malcolm Gladwell and yeah, the, tip yeah. point, or the innovation curve, it's okay. a 16 point, 16% that that minority will actually influence the whole Okay. point. And so we began to say, you know what? If if we can get you know 16% of the churches in North America to be level four reproducing, we call them, which if ever which you start a church or level five where you start multiple churches, multiplying churches, yep. we think that could change the spiritual landscape of North America. Yeah. And uh, so I think it was like 2006, I'm not I'll make it the dates exactly, or 2016 or so that we kind of said, okay, well, if we're gonna go after, let's do the research on this, and we found out that we were at four percent. That four percent of all churches are what we call level four, level five, reproducing and multiplying, and then we, you know, and people bought into it every year. Hey, we're a community with a cause, and we're going from four percent. We want to get to sixteen percent, and then by, you know, I think it was two thousand nineteen, we went and did the research again. We hired Lifeway, and mm, yeah. it came back that we actually the number hadn't the needle had moved to seven percent. Wow! And I'm fearful that maybe during COVID we kind of just stuck there or maybe retreated a little bit. But our pursuit is now we would like to see that go to 10% and 16%. And candidly, if we get to 16%, we can just kind of like, okay, our work here is done because this thing's got enough momentum, you know, and you yeah. and Eric can get together and just do, do parody songs. <laughs> Thank Change God. the world that way. Yes, yes. I love it. That doesn't sound like four to seven doesn't sound like, but that is a lot of growth. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's three. Every percentage, every percentage point is 3,000 churches. Okay. One that's percent huge. is 3,000 churches, you said? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a wow. huge number. Wow. Yeah, it's a huge number. That is so cool. So when it comes to discipleship, which is uh, something I love to talk about and think about, when you see a level five for sure, but maybe a level four is included in that reproducing and multiplying church, is there any difference that you see in those reducing and uh, reproducing and, and multiplying churches than you would in a level one, two, or three um, when it comes to their discipleship path or how they think about discipleship? I mean, there's several things. Um, one thing that clearly comes to mind is those churches that get to level four and level five. And again, maybe just for your listeners, if they're not familiar with kind of yeah. the exponential mm -hmm. nomenclature, we here's the five different levels. Level one is a church in decline. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's decline. Having less people who are on mission this year than last year. Level two is plateaued. So you're maybe added a few, lost a few, but you're about the same. Level three then is growing. Okay, churches that are growing. And for the most part, we only think in terms of those three levels. Either we're declining, plateauing, or growing. Mm. And you got about 35% that are declining, 
35% that are plateauing and about 30% that are growing. And okay. what we're trying to do at Exponential is really a paradigm shift. We're going, no, 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 no. It's, it's not, the, the goal isn't just growing, although growing's good. Mm-hmm. The goal is actually reproducing or multiplying. And so level four is reproducing. If you've ever started a new site or a brand new church, then you're a reproducing church. Mm-hmm. Or level five is multiplying. And we like to think in terms of at least four generations of multiplication, like X, you know, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth, or 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. Yeah. So that's what we're talking about here. So when we talk about level four, level five, there is, a, there is some differences. And one of the things, in order to get to level four, level five, you almost have to reproduce micro if you're going to reproduce macro. Okay. And so in terms of the particular topic that you guys, are, I know, are passionate about, and so are we, discipleship, you have to, there has to be a reproducing discipleship and a re, even a reproducing leadership kind of mechanism in your local church if you eventually want to get to level four and really truly level five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and part of where, I mean, now I'll put on my new thing hat, one of my other hats, because we're, <laughs> we're in like 40 countries now and Amazing. we have about 100 networks. What we're seeing in, in the majority world there is that, and, and where you really see movements different than we really don't see that the same way here in North America or even in all the West. But what you see, I mean, they are rapidly multiplying disciples, and those disciples are multiplying disciples, and then those are helping reproduce brand new churches. Um, and I think part of the reason I think we kind of look at some other parts of the world and go, like, man, how come we can't get it right? Is because we haven't figured out how to multiply disciples. And yeah. so, with all your yeah, with all your different multiplying churches around the country, do you see a certain uh, around the world? Do you see certain countries that are really on fire right now um, and and multiplying? And where are those at? I mean, like our friends in India and some of our friends in Africa through New Thing. Right now, um, New Thing is we're getting ready to introduce what we call our movement system, mm-hmm. and basically there's going to be five different parts of it: a reproducing catalyst. Uh, a reproducing, I'm sorry, a reproducing disciple catalyst, a reproducing leader catalyst, reproducing church catalyst, reproducing network catalyst, reproducing movement catalyst. But anyway, on this reproducing disciple catalyst that we're going to roll out, we're, we're doing a beta phase this spring. It'll be public in the fall for churches. We're really dependent more on our church, the churches we're taught that are part of our networks in, in, in India to help inform that. Mm-hmm. And so the hope is that by learning what they're doing, we can actually then share that with some of the folks here in the West in yeah. the U S and go like, Hey, here's how we can do an even better job. Cause they're, I mean, they're clearly doing it better than we are. Yeah. Does that make have, sense? Have you found, yeah, totally. Ha- have you found anything as you're getting more and more into that one or two key things that like why it's growing and multiplying and reproducing in a nation like that, but yeah. not in ours? 10 points. Good question. Hey, that's the first time you've ever given me positive points. Wow. Nice. Um, <laughs> Dave's like, what did I get into here? <laughs> I think one. I think I think part of it is our ecclesiology. I mean, when we do church planning, a lot of times, you know, here, in, in, particularly in the United States or in the West, we want to plant a church. But what yeah. they do is they'll, they'll actually they, they kind of what they'll call is planting the gospel or or planting or, or making disciples. They start they start with that, hmm. and fundamentally, it's just it it is a less complicated, more reproducible, more scalable kind of uh, strategy for movement making. Because, I mean, yeah. if you're starting with planting a church, let's say it's, you know, in the, in the North Grand County, let's say it's on the cheap side and you're going like, hey, here's $25,000 and a few friends and we got to go find yeah. a school building right. and portable church and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it takes, there's just a lot to keep that flywheel going. Yeah. But if all of a sudden, you know, you're in, you're in Demo, India, 
and you got a hand, you got a, you got a, you got a guy there who, who's a pastor who's not being paid, but he loves Jesus, and he's grabbed. He got a handful of disciples that he's really working with and discipling to become followers of Jesus, and then showing them how to do the same thing. I mean, yeah. that's infinitely scalable. Sure. And it, and any, I mean, candidly, I mean, from a financial perspective, it it, it totally works. Yeah. And so I think that's one of the biggest things. I think is our paradigm of and kind of our ecclesiology. Yeah, no, that's good. Very cool. I think, yeah, sometimes that red tape and, you know, titles and things and all the, way, all the things we got to check the box for in order to see something happen. It's like, no, let's just do this organic, this one next step, and let's see what God does, yep. which I, I think goes really nicely into the theme uh, for this year's Exponential, which, uh, by the way, I sat in about four of the main sessions as much as I could as I was doing. Um, uh, I, won't the, tell, I won't tell Eric that you missed session five. <laughs> I know I missed his. Um <laughs> But that, the theme this year is empowered, and it, it really is that reliance on the spirit. Um, and and so I, I want to know, like, I, I thought the conference was great to talk about how we can do that as churches. How do you, though, personally, Dave, how do you stay reliant on uh, the spirit so that you're always empowered and step in step with where he's guiding and, and leading you? What, what are some things that you do that others can uh, potentially do in their life? Yeah. And I mean, again, not to be redundant, but to kind of keep it real again, I don't want to assume that Dave's always getting this one, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. How about uh, let's do it this way. Hey, Dave, when you do get it right, what do you do? <laughs> Fantastic. That's, <laughs> I like it. That's good. That's good. <laughs> um, I, one of the things when I get, when I'm doing it right, I think I, a couple of things come to mind. Um, I'm pretty good about journaling almost every day. Mm. All right. And that's kind of like, that's that's a place where I do something called the RPMs. We can go into that if you want to, but I also, you know, read some scripture. I'm also writing out my prayer. But when I'm getting it right, I think as it relates to being guided by the Spirit, I usually try to draw a line at the, at the bottom of the page, and that's kind of like, okay, I'm done talking, and then you, I just try to be still and going like, okay, God, what do you have for me? Yeah, mm-hmm. and I really try to just kind of be present to what thoughts He might bring to mind, what people He might bring to mind ideas and just the way my brain sometimes works too. I think sometimes God brings like strategies. I mean, you, you, I know you think this way, Zach, like sometimes you're, you're over there and you're going like, wow. Yeah. You know, and I think if you sit still long enough, I think God works through the gifts he's given you and brings those things to mind. And so sure. that's one way for me. Um, I think one of the things and we were stressing this at exponential and I, I kind of think, you know, I think kind of think what we did at exponential it was kind of like, um, like a non-charismatic group of people, it's an excuse to be charismatic. <laughs> I totally That's agree. Great. Which, by the way, That's Dave, great. you're speaking to uh, two Lutheran Church Missouri Synod pastors um, that uh, that love the whole, totally Pentecostal. That love the Holy Spirit, <laughs> but are them. in a church body that doesn't quite always understand it. Um, maybe is fearful of it. Uh, and and so I, I I get it, and that's why I think it really resonated with me too. Is like, yes, I want this. And I, but I want it in a way that is winsome and helpful yes. for everyone. And so yes. how does that, because the one and side. Totally, not totally, I mean, if God wants to be weird, he gets to do whatever he wants. Sure. But if, but if, if we, but hopefully not totally weird. Yeah. Like yeah. Chris. Yeah. yeah. We exactly. don't want it to be totally exactly. weird like Chris. Yeah. But. I think one of the things, back to your question that I felt like, again, was reinforced. I learned myself at the conference was just like when you pray. Because, like, if I would say, you, you know, hey, let's wrap up this with prayer, then you'll just start talking. Mm-hmm. And I think to kind of go like, no, okay, when we pray, let's just 
not start with talking. Let's start with quiet and see mm. if God brings something to mind, particularly if, you know, if we're praying together, because maybe he's going to give me an idea that I'm supposed to share with you, or maybe he gives you a, a word that's meant for you. Yeah. It, I mean, I think we all kind of believe the Holy Spirit works like that, but we don't create space for it. So that's another thing I'm trying to kind of do more of. That's awesome. And I think the thing that I've realized over the years too, like it, Zach's exactly right. In our church, we talk about Jesus and God all the time. And the kind of the, uh, the, the, the quiet sibling is the Holy spirit, you know, yeah. but we've seen the Holy spirit do remarkable things in our lives. And I think it comes down to kind of discernment too, right? Sure. Like, and just being able to say, yes, God, if God wants to come and do something crazy, he can. But also I remember Andy Stanley saying one time, he said, somebody came into his office and he said, um, the Holy Spirit told me that we are supposed to buy this property and we're going to build on it and you need to do it. And Andy Stanley said, if anybody ever comes into your office and does that, run immediately as fast as you can. <laughs> I just, I love that, you know. Well, and we get that a lot as pastors. God oh. told me. And then it's like, okay, well, oh. if God told you, then there's nothing I can say. That, right. I, uh, how can I communicate with God? That's like, that's like the trump card. Yeah. yeah. But what I, what I appreciated about this year's though, in that room in Orlando with 5,500 people, which probably, if you've never been to Exponential, uh, get there. It's yes. incredible. Please. Um, but I appreciated because you're bringing all sorts of spectrums into that room. I appreciated the way that you guys did do it. Uh, we, we are going to talk about the Holy Spirit. We're going to lean into that. Yeah. But we're maybe not going to go so far that it's scary or different yeah. or nervous or whatever, uh, which which can be the alternative. And so I know we're doing a little insider talk here, but just for a second, did did you actually get in there for for Pete Gregg's talk? I wasn't in for Pete's. Mm -hmm. No. Oh, dude. Okay. So seriously, <laughs> you need to go back and like um, just I don't know. Get the Hit I got the access pass, so I can Ooh. I can see it. I was I didn't want to say that, but <laughs> why? I got it. I yeah, bought it. He's, he's yeah, and, yeah. I mean, you ought to listen yeah. to Pete Craig talk. I yeah. thought, and that, and and actually, when we decided to do the theme of the Holy Spirit, the one person I most wanted there was Pete Craig. Pete's mm. the guy who wrote the the curriculum for Alpha on their prayer course. Oh, he yeah. had a twenty four seven prayer movement, yeah. but he is brilliant. Okay, he's brilliant at making like the Holy Spirit accessible. And what he did, he basically he basically kind of led us through a moment where he said, "Okay, um, uh, you're gonna now we want you to get with somebody, and we're just all gonna be quiet, and you're, we're gonna see if God wants to tell you something to share with someone else." And he yeah. did it in a way that was that was so again using the word accessible. And then he said, "I think what was the, I see if I remember." He said ABCs, and if, and if God speaks to you, it'll be affirming. Okay. Mm -hmm. If it's not affirming, then don't say it out loud. Right, right. <laughs> It'll also be biblical. And what was the C? The C was, dang it. Find out in the digital pass, folks. That's called <laughs> that's called a teaser right there. For now, right uh, now, for $39.95, you can find out what. <laughs> anyway, it was, that, I thought it was brilliant. That's awesome. awesome. So again, another hat, author. Dave, you came out with the book Bless not long ago. And uh, I just moved into a new neighborhood. And so I think your book can help me. Tell me what Bless is and how others can use a resource like it. Yeah, I mean, the subtitle kind of tells it all. Here's five everyday ways to love your neighbor and maybe even change the world. Um, part of the part of the backstory, I mean, like when I first became a Christ follower, I mean, I was gung-ho, you know, like, 
everybody needed to know Jesus and I was going to make sure it happened. And so <laughs> like, I mean, I'm doing street evangelism. Yeah. If you remember back in the day, like evangelism yeah. explosion. Yep. Uh-huh. Do you guys know this? I've well, heard of it. Heard of it. Yeah, I have heard of it. I studied so it. Basically, it's based on two diagnostic questions. And so I'm I'm hitting people up in the street who I don't know, cold, mm-hmm. just walking up to them, going like, "Hey, you know, have you come to the place in your spiritual life where if you knew for certain that you died tonight, you'd go to heaven?" Mm. Which is like a terrible icebreaker. <laughs> Hey, I know you're just leaving uh, Applebee's, but I got a question for you. Whoa. <laughs> well, there was a follow-up question that was just as bad. Just- <laughs> but basically, what I was doing was I was just verbally assaulting people. I was asking them questions they didn't want to answer, and then I was answering questions they weren't asking, and it was a disaster. Hmm. So I kind of swung the other way then, and okay. I was kind of like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to live my life like Jesus, and people will know. And yeah. it turned out. I'm, I'm a pastor at this point that, yeah, all the people in my neighborhood liked me. <laughs> they thought I was a good neighbor, but it didn't, I didn't see any people find their way back to God and say yes to Jesus. Sure. And sure. So, we, so we have this eight different times, you know, Jesus says, love your neighbor, 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 love your neighbor. And I think what the book does, it answers the how. Here's how to actually do it in a way that feels like love to your neighbors. So Zach, with here's what you're gonna do, and I'll try to get it in 60 seconds. So with your neighbor, okay, you got a brand new neighbor. Yes. Number, the B, and this is a little bit of a stretch, but work with me on this. The and this is a, an acronym. The B I love is begin, begin with prayer. So okay. you're gonna you're gonna figure out who are the eight neighbors that you have, and you're gonna start praying for them every day. I do it in my journal. Okay. That's right. Bless and I pray for them every day. Cool. And you're gonna do one of these practices every day. And if you do that, that counts because Christians always didn't know. Does that count? Yeah, it counts. <laughs> <laughs> Right. But the second one is you're going to also, then you want to listen. L stands for listen. So yeah. I know like I have some new next door neighbors as well. And it's kind of funny because if you pray for them every day, when you see them outside, you have to tame yourself. At least I do. Cause you're like slightly too excited when you see them. <laughs> <laughs> Now's my chance. Go, go, go. I've been praying for you. Kind of like Chris was when he saw Eric and you today together. Exactly. Yep. And so, but you, but, I think one of the things that happens is Christians are more known for their talking than their listening. Mm-hmm. And so you engage them, kind of, listen, get to know their kids, their wife, their story, their job, all that kind of stuff. And then the, the, the third part, then the E stands for eat. And this is, this is the one where you have, I mean, 21, at least 21 missional opportunities every week. And so invite them over for a meal, go out to Starbucks together. Here's, here's what this is so far. Begin with prayer, listen, eat. This, this is like a remedial course on how to be friends with people, yeah. mm-hmm. which we need, we by need. the way. We need. Yeah, because we forgot how to do this. And, right. and Jesus was actually called a friend a friend of sinners. Yeah. And so then the first S is serve. And here's what happens, okay? And these, if you do them in this order, if you pray for somebody and you listen to them and you become good enough friends, you're having them over for dinner or you're hanging out and having a beer or going to Starbucks, what's going to happen mm-hmm. is they're going to tell you like the pain in their life. Mm-hmm. They're going to tell you what, what's going on and they will tell you how to serve them. Cool. And so then you're like, oh, this is how I love them. And then the last part is the story. Yeah. My experience has been if you've hung out, if you're doing all those other things and you're serving them, at some point, either you'll have the opportunity or they'll even ask you, like, dude, what's what's different? And you get a chance to tell them the difference that Jesus made in your life. And when you, and when you do, the, the difference here is instead of that proclamation like I was doing back in the day being first, now it's last. And, and because you've paid what I call the relational rent, yeah, I mean, it, it, it holds so much weight in their life. 
And uh, so anyway, I think those, those are the, and I think particularly we're now in a post-Christian, post-modern era. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a way that you really can love your neighbors. Um, and if enough of us do it, change the world. That is so good. And, and that is exactly the opposite of what Zach did when he moved into his neighborhood. <laughs> he basically, this is what he did. <laughs> Pray for any of his neighbors. What did he do? He didn't pray for any of his neighbors. And then he said, you know what? I love food. So I'm going to, he doesn't even home cook it, Dave. This is what he does. He rents a food truck. He rents a food truck. He rolls it into his fancy community. And then he decides to get COVID the day of that. Everybody's coming over. His wife and his kids get COVID. He doesn't get COVID, but he's outside serving up, uh, serving up food with a respirator on and like, you know, (laughs) I mean, that's I, okay. Here's the here's what he's trying to say. I tried to be a good neighbor and like open up an open house, and we rented a food truck, and we we're gonna provide. And it was the worst. Awesome. It it was awesome, except it was the worst open house because my family got COVID, so yeah. they couldn't go inside. They couldn't eat meat out oh. of my family, and I'm sitting in front with a lawn chair with a food truck yeah. by myself. Imagine this, Dave. So, you come over to Pastor Zach's house for some barbecue that he doesn't cook, and then all of a sudden. You have a beer, and you can't use the you restroom. You can't go inside. You can't but go inside. House, no, can't Just go, go to the 7-Eleven. Oh. So we're going to try it again. We're going to try it again. Oh, I guess what? I gave you COVID. Yeah. <laughs> I got some COVID, some bad barbecue, and I had to go to the 7-Eleven oh, to use the man. restroom. This this has been awesome. All right. I got two more questions for you, Dave. Um, sure, I, fire away. You look at, I think you have such a beautiful view of the landscape of modern day Christianity discipleship because you serve not only as lead pastor of a local church expression, but then, gosh, you interact with and see and understand on a national global scale. Um, what gives you great joy about the church mm. and what gives you maybe worry about where the church is headed? Some angst. <laughs> that was really good, Chris. Uh, that's a great question. I don't get that one very often. Um, Hang on. You should I, give me I a think, blue buzzer I mean, for that. Get that one often. There we go. <laughs> sorry. Are you sorry. still there? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sorry about that. Are you there? Okay. Hello? Okay. Yeah, I'm there. I thought maybe I lost for a second. <laughs> that was close. The buzzer sometimes makes people, yeah. <laughs> um, we already kind of went through a little bit. I do, I, I do worry um, about us in North America in particular, American church, that we continue to, to lean into the existing paradigm of church. Okay. I think we, we've got to be more open to different expressions of, of ecclesia, different expressions of the church. And I think we do need to be listening to our friends from the East um, and, and, and really going, who are, where that's now the center of the church in places like Africa and India. And, and what are they doing that, that we're not doing? That, that's, that's one concern I have. Another concern I have, too, I heard someone say it the other day, and it, and it resonates. This is kind of a, maybe down a different road. Is I feel like people are currently more influenced by their political ideology than they are by biblical theology. And I, I'm not picking on the right. I'm not picking on the left because I think both are guilty as charged. Sure. But you can talk to folks. I rarely have anybody anymore. It seems like going like, oh, you know what? No, here's what I believe because of. Yeah. What the Bible says, it, you just feel people being pulled to the right or being pulled to the left. Sean Hannity, Rachel Maddow, I don't yeah. care. Pick your pick your poison, right? And I've and I've tried to stress here, community too. I'm telling you, if if, if you're putting your trust in Fox News, okay, and Tucker Carlson, you are going to be ridiculously disappointed. Yeah, 
And if you're putting your 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 trust in Don Lemon and and a, and, a, and a more left ideology, you're also going to be ridiculously disappointed. Mm. And I I and but if you continue to follow Jesus, yeah, he, I think there's some things that are going to actually show up going like that are going to be surprisingly that both disagree with and both agree with, but it's sure. going to be different. And um, I think particularly in the United States, yeah, I think that political ideology is, has become their new theology, and it's and they're being and we're being discipled by it yeah. online and and in cable news. I think that's so rich, and I think all yeah, so many church leaders and pastors that are hearing this, like, what can we do to help with that? It's it's hard, it's tough, but it's conversation that we have to have. Mm -hmm. um, so we, I think we need to name it. I, yeah, I think saying it out loud is is, is the only beginning point. Yeah, but I think saying out loud, going like, "No, beware of this," and then, and then, as you know, what I mean, like, I'll just go a little further. Like a community Christian, no, we're we're full on about racial, yeah. racial reconciliation, racial solidarity, but it's not because, not because I'm like left wing. It's because it's within the Bible, <laughs> right? It's because and I love people. Well, yeah, and so anyway, I'll I'll yeah. stop with that before we go too far. But having said that, I think I want to always. So everything we're trying to do, no, it's because it's about Jesus, and here's what God's Word has to say. And please quit quit accusing me of going right or going left, because I get accused of going both. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We end with this question with all of our guests. Uh, this is a discipleship podcast. It's hopefully going to be challenging people listening to uh, be greater disciples. And so if you could challenge our audience with one thing practically as a disciple to grow in their relationship with God this week as a disciple, what would that be this week that they can do? All right. Well, since since we've been talking so much about multiple, and I'm going to talk challenge with the idea of multiplying disciples. All right. And I think I would challenge every person who is a follower of Jesus to have what I call an I see in you conversation. The, okay. I, I would say the four most important letters of the alphabet for multiplying disciples and are word I as well. <laughs> Sorry. I see in you. <laughs> and for you to go like. I see in you, we'll pick on Chris. I see in you, Chris, yeah. a future on a video in Exponential. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 200 points. That's the best answer we've ever had. I think that was the most points any guest. I, I know what I like about you, Dave. You make everything simple for a guy like me who, uh, you know, is not the smartest guy in the whole world. Uh, you make it easy. I see in you. So this week, have an I see in you conversation. Is love that the it. challenge? I love it. And it might, and it might be, and, and it could be with your kids. Sure. Okay. And you really do. You see a gift in them. You're trying. No, here's what I see in you. Or you know, it's it's someone else in your small group, or maybe it's somebody in your church. You, you and, and it helps that you see a call and you see the Ephesians two ten kind of good work that God prepared in advance for them to do. I love it. I, love I it. see in you the gift of hospitality when you buy me a steak this evening, All my right. man. All yeah, right, you're good, you're let's good. go. Hey, Dave, this has been rich. If people want to hear more, uh, see more, uh, bless Exponential, where can they go? Yeah. Well, I don't think there's anywhere they can go to get what we just did for the last hour. I think this is it. This is this, well, is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. this is it. This, this is it. it. But it's, if they want, they yeah. want more boring stuff, they can go to my website, DaveFerguson.org. Um, all this, all the stuff's there. Uh, you know, books and that kind of stuff. Okay. Awesome. And since it's been this weird, I've got one final thing. Here we Everybody go. wants to know. Yeah. The worship leaders oh. at Exponential all wear a key necklace. What does the key go to? Um, I think 
Don't don't like both. Isn't there like a spouse that has a key? Don't they? Isn't there something? Just for years, I've seen the worship leaders from Exponential. They wear these keys, and I've nonstop tweeted about this, and nobody answers. It's like some kind of weird. (laughs) We thought it was some secret. I didn't know if there was like a a box in the back that they (laughs) opened up, and they maybe there was like vitamin water or something. I don't know. I don't. All right. Well, here we go. We're gonna throw it out there. Lucas Cortazio, if you're listening. If you're yeah. listening, oh. Lucas Cortazio or Evelyn Cortazio. Yeah. We noticed the chain. We do think yeah. it's him, but we don't know why. Yeah. So okay, so you're with us. And a yeah. lot of people are there. So, so even and Dave doesn't. You're the doesn't president know. Okay. of this joint. You got to get this thing figured out, Dave. Anyway, I've been snacking. Hey, we really appreciate this, man. You're a Thank blessing you. to yeah. so many. Thank and uh, yeah, it, you're awesome. So appreciate it, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Thank you, guys. See ya. Well, I hope you had a lot of laughs and maybe learned a few things along the way. You can go to redletterpodcast.com to access the show notes, uh, to interact with Dave Ferguson and get all the helpful links from today's shows and learn more about this awesome conference, Exponential, which, hey, apparently Chris is going to be working with Eric Bramlett on a cameo appearance next year. That's crazy. Chris has legitimately never been happier after anything I've ever seen. (laughs) And so that's pretty awesome. Speaking of happy people. We're going to have a happy person on June 9th. We're drawing for the Beat Studio 3 wireless headphones. It's not too late to enter into that giveaway. So go give a review and a rating and let us know at redletterpodcast.com that you've done this for us. If this show has been helpful for you, we'd love your rating and your review. The drawing is June 9th and we're doing that live on Facebook. All the info at redletterpodcast.com. Multiplying Churches and Ministries is, again, a huge heart for our Season 1 sponsor, The Giving Church. They've got a free PDF on ways to grow your church giving so that you and your ministry can multiply. That's at thegivingchurch.com slash red. Next week, we've got an awesome interview with Peter McGowan. He's the president and co-founder of Plain Joe Studios. Peter is a guru when it comes to marketing and is a friend of mine. I literally would not be doing this podcast today if it hadn't been for Peter and his team at Plain Joe Studios taking a chance with me and teaming up with me for our first book called Red Letter Challenge. Uh, Peter is a chief storyteller. So we're going to talk about how individuals and churches can tell a better story of who Jesus is. It's a fascinating conversation and legitimately Peter might be the smartest person I know. So you're not going to want to miss it. Be sure to follow on your favorite podcast platform. So the Red Letter Disciple shows up on your feed and we'll see you back for episode five drop in next Tuesday. Ahura Media Production.